please, for the love of fucking God, stop signing up for these e-courses that every digital marketing guru is selling you that gives you this bullshit generic solution to business problems from guys that probably haven't owned a gym in years, if ever. If you're looking for a bespoke, custom-tailored solution for your micro gym or fitness business, I'm your fucking guy. I only work with a small set number of clients per month. We currently have availability in that cohort, and I would love to work with you to customize HR and compensation plans. If you need branding work, if you want to talk about marketing and creating a client acquisition system, or you have other fires and problems in your business, then none of these generic templates and e-courses and PDFs that people are selling seem to address. Go to my Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. Shoot me a DM and we will go back and forth with audio messages so I can find out more about what you've got going on and to see if I'm the right person for you. Guys, you do not have to be stuck with bullshit solutions. You can have something actually tailored to your problem. Go to my Instagram at WTF Gym Talk and shoot me a DM and let's begin the discussion. What is up, guys? It is Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. It's incredible what landlords try to pull. So this is a continuation from the previous podcast where I'm talking about uh, how to hire, the, the like what I've learned in, in hiring people and my thoughts on hiring people. I have no idea what I'm going to call this yet. But uh, I told you guys I was driving out to go look at, a, do a showing with a, a commercial real estate, gym real estate uh, company client. Guys, please do not just deal with your landlords when looking to expand into the, the next location or, or looking to lease a building. It is so fucking unreal how bad motherfuckers try to take advantage of small business owners who don't understand how all this shit works. Holy fuck. I'm just, I'm just baffled by how shitty some people can fucking be. Anyway, back to it. Um, you know, I forget where I kind of left off on the last one, but my the other train of thought I really have on hiring, right, is, you know, obviously I, I talked about the platforms, you know, the LinkedIn, the Indeeds, the barbelljobs.com, posting on your personal and business social media, all that. But here's the one thing I need you to realize. When you hire, you got to ask yourself, am I looking to hire Mr. Right or Mrs. Right, or am I looking to hire Mrs. or Mr. Right now? Sometimes we get in a position where we need to hire somebody right now. We had a fallout with a coach or something. Like, I need a staff member in here immediately to stop the bleed. Which is why models like personal training models, individual design models, the one-to-one models are the most vulnerable because it's not like a group class model. Like, again, for you know, if you're a group class business, right, you're a micro gym, boutique, and you lose a coach, well, it's not going to really impact the client experience all that much because you could always go ahead and fill in those clips. Sure, it sucks. You're the owner. That's not what you want to be doing. But you are a, a, a surefire, like, fail-safe in that scenario. But if you're a personal training studio, if you are a one-to-one model, individual design kind of scenario, and you lose a coach, I mean, it's really hard for one person in those one-to-one scenarios to pick up all the other work. So... This is just where I know there are scenarios for some of your businesses out there that you lose an employee, a coach, a trainer, or whatever, and you need to replace them immediately. That's fine. Just realize, like, okay, I'm probably going to hire with speed someone. Am I going to hire someone that's, like, good enough to get the job done, or do I really want to take my time and due diligence and make this the right person? And I'll be honest, I have done both. 
I think there's a time where you got to you guys got to go with what you can at the moment. Um, but more often than not, I I I personally grew very very picky in my hires because you get to a point in business where you are only interested in those that are going to allow you the freedom to walk away from the business. And this is where, you know, there's a, there's a balancing act. Every owner wants to have a level of freedom from the business, be able to walk away from the business. You know, it run, they all want to get to the level where they're able to say, again, with like pride, my business runs itself. And I'm all for that. However, in order for it to run itself, these people have to be better than you. And this is the truth. Isaac and Deuce were better at than me at coaching classes in 2017 than I was. Now, take me back to 2013, I would have fucking rubbed their dicks in the dirt. There was no one better than me in my business at coaching classes in 2013. But in 2017, they 100% were better than me because I wasn't doing it. You have to understand, in order for the business to provide you freedom, you have to give up your level of involvement and control in what you're doing in the business. You have got to find people who maybe, you know, again, on a scale of one to 10, if you're a 10 in one particular facet of your business, you generally want to hire like sixes and sevens. They won't cost you as much. And the amount of development that's needed to get them from a six or a seven to an eight or a nine is just reps, education and reps, knowledge and reps. That's all it is. You know, it's years of time under tension, right? Knocking out the reps, getting the practice, getting review from you, and then you constantly providing them knowledge, knowing that most knowledge will come in practical application on the floor in the actual job itself. But there's definitely some prerequisite knowledge that maybe you have that you can distill down. I always thought about it like this. If I want to hire and have people be better than me, what are my biggest obstacles? Well, they didn't go to college for exercise physiology like I did. They didn't start studying strength and conditioning at age 15 like I did. Okay, fair enough. I've got a lot of years on them. Now, really, even though I've been studying this shit since I was 15 years old, all right, even though I went through CSCS, I went through, you know, I got my CrossFit level one in what? 06, 07, whenever the fuck that was. Even though I did all that, what can I do? Is there really, is like, did I use all that knowledge? Am I really using all of that knowledge? No. Like, none of us are using all the knowledge we acquired in that time. We were given a fucking, um, a fucking venti. A large, like, is that venti the biggest cup at Starbucks? Whatever the biggest cup at Starbucks is, we were given like a venti when really all we needed was the grande, which I think is the the middle one. Um, I just, dude, you should probably prepare your fucking analogies before you just shit out of your mouth. Um, all right, so you guys get what I'm saying. We have a ton of knowledge that we have in the beginning that we're utilizing that we, we acquire, but we actually only use a very small subset of it. So could you sit down over the course of a month and spend two hours a week distilling down? These are the key elements. Like I learned this from OPEX. I learned this from CrossFit. I learned this from CSCS. I learned this from Chris Henshaw. I learned this from so-and-so and really think like, okay, these are the core tenets of the shit that's, that makes us good at what we do here. 
and boil that down into an educational packet for somebody. When I say packet, might you be paying for someone else's education for them? Sure, you paid for additional education. So unless you're able to regurgitate it well enough, you probably could use things like free YouTube videos or signing up for someone's e-learning or whatever it may be to level up someone's education. But they don't have to go through six or seven years of it like you did. They don't need the large. They just need the medium-sized of what it is you actually distilled from that large. Right? You still follow me on this? Like, if that's really it, that's all the knowledge I need to give them, it's not going to take that long to give this to a person. It might take a year. Right? It might take 18 months if I'm really diligent. And everyone's like... I think owners really, at first, they think it's gonna, it's not going to take long at all. And then I always say, I'm like, well, it, it'll probably take longer than you think, but it's because you're probably not going to put in the amount of effort that you think. Right? I, I like to tell people, Isaac got developed probably faster than any thug-ass, incredible GM ever was developed. But it's because she was literally sitting next to me being developed every fucking day in that shithole little office we had. I mean, it was non-stop, non-stop, constantly, constantly in development. And there's a beauty to that in the fact that I put in 10 times or 10 times the speed of regular, you know, someone else might want to develop a GM and I got a result 10 times faster. And guess what? That result eventually created with like compound growth, if you want to think of it like an investment, because that's what HR is. It is an investment. It is not an expense. It was smarter than me. It was better than me. Now, do I think I always had a leg up on Isaac because uh, from a, a business visionary perspective? Yes. But from an actual operations perspective, I mean, there's no version of Isaac from 20, I'd say 2019 and on, 2018 and on. Um, I mean, hell, maybe even give her 2017. I was so far removed when we were building out the new building. Like, yeah, even 2017 and on, there's no version of Isaac that I could compete with and win in an operations GM role. None. Like, I'd fucking get my ass kicked every time going head to head because she became better than me, significantly better than me in those facets of the business, which is what I needed. So when you guys are looking to hire, you need to understand I'm either paying for the best up front, right? Like if I had all the money in the world, I would have probably never hired Isaac, right? Isaac came to me with no fitness experience. We developed that over time. But if I had all the money in the world, I would have gone and I would have probably stolen the GM at, uh, at the local Gold's Gym who has you know, met my core values and, and believed in my vision and all this other shit. And I would have been paying a fuck ton of money up front, but I would have had, they would have came batteries included. They would have came with what I, what was needed. So this is what we're thinking of guys. Ultimately when hiring, you have got to hire people who are going to be better than you. If you want to be, you know, let the business run itself. Cause if you're always hiring, if your people are never as good as you, I mean, think about that. If you told me like, yeah, I'm better than everyone else in the business at these roles. Oh, that's cool. Like you don't have a business then. You literally have a job where you're, so you're like, you're, you have a job still developing these people. Your business isn't running itself. If it, it's running it, but you, you're obviously admitting to me that it's not running optimally. Are you running a C plus business or is this supposed to be an A plus business? Yeah, I'm better than everybody at coaching. I'm the best coach in here. Okay, well, are you coaching all the classes? Well, no, I don't want to do that. Then what the fuck are you doing? Why are you talking to me? Go fucking develop them to make them better than you. If it's an ego thing, check that shit at the door or get the fuck out. 
If it's just a time thing, get more reps under their belt. Spend more time with them. I I promise you, whatever you're doing development-wise on your staff, it isn't enough if you're unhappy. And I truly don't believe I have every owner that I ever talk to get get on a call and wants to tell me how inept a certain staff member is. Cool, then why don't you fire them? Well, it's not because they're completely inept. The owner just wants someone to bitch to, and that's fine. I don't mind doing that. They want someone to complain to because the person isn't performing to their standard yet. And my answer is generally, we haven't installed, we have not put enough updates into that individual. We have not spent enough time developing that individual. And I'm I'm generally right 90, 95% of the time, I'm correct in that assessment. We truly have it because when I actually show them what this is what a development plan that I would recommend for this role based on your schedule, their schedule, your budget, whatever, they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, I man, I wasn't doing anything near that. I'm like, yeah, I know, which is why you're complaining right now that this guy is acting a fool or not doing things how you want it to do. You're telling me you're developing him. You're spending 90 minutes a week, you know, talking to him in the office. You're not, you're not doing any practical app on the floor. You're not fucking filming their coaching sessions and going over it. Like that's one of the best hacks ever. If you're not doing that, film your fucking coaches entire workouts where they're coaching, not working out and then watch it back like game film and pinpoint the spots that are fucking where they're fucking up. You'll, you'll film in an hour long class and you'll have about five minutes of clips that you want to talk about. Hey, why didn't you do this then? Why did, why did you let this happen there? So on and so forth. Um, Guys, hiring is the bane of existence. HR is the bane of existence for successful businesses. It's the most challenging part because as a business grows, your staff grows more valuable. Their stock goes up. Again, imagine you're the head coach of a gym no one's heard of. Imagine you're the head corporate trainer for Orange Theory. If you leave the first one, right, you want to go hit the job market. Are you worth anything? Eh, not a lot. You're worth something to a very few amount of people, maybe locally because they know of you. But on a wide scale, you're not, you don't have a lot of stock value. Now, if you're the fucking corporate head trainer for Orange Theory and you want to leave and go uh, anywhere, you're gonna get a, you're gonna get an opportunity to interview and you're gonna get uh, you know, people will pay to bring you in house. So as your business grows, the value of your employees grow. And when the, their value grows, they know it. They're not fucking stupid. That means they're getting paid more. They see you have multiple locations, or maybe that this business, maybe you have one location, but now you're doing, you know, fucking thirty-five thousand a month, forty-five thousand a month, sixty-five thousand a month, seventy-five thousand, whatever your numbers are. They know, oh shit, we have fucking four hundred members now. I'm still getting paid the same amount as when we had two fifty. What the fuck? Like they know their stock's gone up, so as their stock goes up, they are harder to keep because they know they are worth more. So if you don't compensate and fulfill, I always talk about that with HR, you got to have compensation fulfillment. If you don't do this right, you will lose them, right? And it just, that's the nature of it. That's why I say HR is the bane of existence for successful businesses because as you grow successful, your staff's value goes up, which means you have to continually water those plants, keep them happy, keep them fulfilled, and they can jump. It's when you're, you know, you have employees that don't feel they can go anywhere. That's when they stay. And there are some large corporations that keep employees under that glass ceiling and don't give them purposefully, you know, don't purposely educate them. Don't 
you know, give them a higher sense of value in the marketplace because they don't want them to go anywhere. They'd rather just have a bunch of C plus great employees kind of just churning the wheel. And uh, I, I, for most micro gyms, I'd tell you that is if you want to make lots and lots of money with your gym and enjoy what you do and create careers for your coaches and, um, you know, have amazing, you know, have an amazing client experience, amazing product and service. That is the antithesis of what you want. So guys, uh, this will wrap up part two. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a part three possibly, but uh, I hope maybe this has got, you know, jogged some things in your head from an HR perspective. If you ever want to get on a call to discuss this and you want to discuss kind of, you know, your growth plan from an HR perspective, custom compensation plans, whatever it may be, uh, please shoot me a DM on Instagram and we can get on a call. Until I talk to you in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.